Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS. Mr. Baseman. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Krause with Conversations with Krause. And we're very, very pleased and very fortunate to have a gentleman with us this morning who is truly an expert on all aspects of mortgage and financing of real estate. And I say that for the reason that one of the key topics that the country is concerned about is inflation, the cost of pricing of gas, food, everything else. And within it comes the cost of housing, which relates to the cost of mortgaging. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Shannon Wheeler of the Premier Mortgage Group in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Shannon, good morning. Bill, good morning to you. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, and I always like to start out a visit with uh, our friends here with asking you your background, where you were born, raised, lived, did, so forth. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, happy to share my story. I, I, I don't like sharing my story as much as I like hearing people's stories, So, um, but I'll give it a shot. I was born and raised in Nashville, so native Nashville and uh, grew up in South Nashville, attended the old Antioch High School. That's where I graduated. Um, When I was in the sixth grade, that was the year they started the magnet programs in Nashville. So I had the wonderful experience of spending some of my junior high and high school years attending school in downtown Nashville, which gave me a really good sense of, of a downtown rather than just kind of staying either in a rural area or a Uh, strictly uh, kind of suburban area. So I think that sort of helped me frame up a little bit of my life as I as I grew into a young adult and into a young man uh, having that experience was really interesting. Uh, And so then graduated high school went into the Navy, um, went to Desert Shield Desert Storm spent four years uh, on board Thomas S. Gates in the in the the Navy and then went to a year of joint duty at Transcom, which is the United States Transportation Command at Scott Air Force Base in Southern Illinois, and then came back here. Uh, During the midst of all that, I started a family and so now we fast forward all these years later, and uh, I've got uh, six children, and uh, happily married, and uh, just life is really great. So when I well, when I let me back up a little bit. When I got out of the military, I came back, ran into a friend of mine. He said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, I'm trying to learn how to be a civilian." And he said, "Okay, do you like numbers?" I said. Yeah, I, 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 I like numbers enough to not hurt myself, and I'm a, I can I can get around some numbers. Okay, he said. Do you like people? And I said, I love people. He said, well, listen, while you were gone, my dad started a mortgage company. You want to come on down to see what we're doing? And I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And now here we are 27 years later. <laughs> Let's test your memory. What was the uh, interest rate of mortgages when you started? I can remember. Um, I can't tell you specifically the borrower or anything specific about their situation because of compliance but i can tell you the very first mortgage i ever worked on was an application for a couple that lived in nashville they were at the time currently paying nine and a half percent on their conventional mortgage and they refinanced um actually i I guess i can't get too specific but they refinanced from that point so they came down a little bit at that time so that's where a lot of people were coming down to so when i got in it was in that six seven six and five and six range somewhere in there there were a lot of people in the eights and nines that started to really come down at that point in time you know it takes me way back to 1979 
when we had the triple misery uh, index of uh, interest. Interest rates were running above 10%, unemployment was above 10%, and the inflation rate was above 10%. So it was perhaps those folks had gotten a loan right in the midst of what was growth happen what, what kind of growth was happening it then? was that was during the energy crisis the iranian captive of the americans and so forth there was really very little growth it was just it was, it was really a stale period of time yeah and that's um that's where where they they've started to talk about stagflation exactly as a, as a potential frame up for everybody out there that doesn't that may not have ever heard that word what stagflation is and, and why it's a concern. Uh, how would you, in a very broad way, identify today's market? And is there any way to predict the market in the next uh, year as far as uh, the mortgage industry and the financing industry is concerned? Yeah, so for me, I would say that uh, going forward, we've got some conditions that people are not used to uh, used to operating in. So for example, you referenced back to 1979, one thing that's been fascinating to me lately, or the big question in my mind is, you know, throughout my entire working life in real estate, real estate finance, in uh, investment real estate, um, you know, the trend line has, you know, it's bobbled up and down a little, but the trend line for my entire career, which now stretches over two and a half decades, is been a downward trend in interest rates. Okay, so when you ask that question about things that are coming up, I, I think that there are some particular aspects of the way we transact our real estate marketplace that are changing and evolving that we'll talk about a little bit of the some of the things that I predict will happen and changes that will happen. But I think the overall thing, Bill, that is is fascinating to me and that I'm not sure how it's going to play out is the fact that right now in our real estate marketplace we have decades decades of professionals who are now the caretakers of that marketplace me included mm -hmm. i count myself among one of those people i consider myself people that do what i do and, and people that are in our business i consider us to be caretakers of a marketplace it's our, it's our responsibility to discharge that that responsibility in a particular way that is to everyone's benefit collectively and so i consider myself to be one of those people and honestly i have to tell you when I look around at my peers, I'm asking myself, who in this room knows how to tell us how we're going to survive in a rising interest rate environment? Already we're starting to see that the normal economic things that you accompany with rising interest rates classically from what we've read are not always applying. For example, if someone said, Bill, Interest rates are going to start on the rise steadily for the next two years. What do you think is going to happen to house prices? What would you say? Uh, they would go up too. Well, no, I would think they would go down. Oh, as a supply and demand, uh, people would be less interested in purchasing because of the cost of the money. And therefore, there would be a glut or perhaps a glut of housing in the inventory, which would reduce the price. Yep, and if there's income staying steady and rates are going up, well, the percentage of your income that you have to afford housing with has not changed. However, so, today, this is a boom in Rutherford County, and the housing prices are going through the roof, 
And is that going to be softened by the rise in interest rates? Not so far. Uh But that's the question. I mean, think about what we have now. What we have is we have a whole group of people who are learning to operate in a rising interest rate environment. We don't have people that have operated businesses in that environment for decades. We also have two conditions that are happening that we didn't really expect. Interest rates are rising. And prices are continuing to rise. So all of our careers, we've planned for the idea that when interest rates rose, we felt as if it would have a dampening on prices. And so we've sort of positioned ourselves to to think that way. And that's not what's actually happening. So the number, how, how high the rate has to go before that dampens demand and dampens prices is anybody's guess. But what I'll tell you is in my estimation, until the first number is a six, it's not going to substantially change or begin to modify the the trajectory of Rutherford County real estate, in are my you, opinion. Are you saying it's as much psychological as financial? No. Is, is 6% a magical number? And you specifically say, oh, my gosh. No. Uh, w- you know, a lot of people, they do think that, that there's a little psychological number uh, and it's somewhere when it starts to get to six and above. I don't think it's that. I think that what we're dealing with here is a situation where because of technology, because of post-pandemic um, work habits and work from home and all of those sorts of things, uh, you're seeing what I call the great migration. And Bill, I think it's a situation where you have a migration happening in the country that is driven by population, politics, technology and environment there are many factors that are causing this migration so when that's happening you have to realize if you have let's say um, a couple that live in denver and they each make seventy five thousand dollars a year that's one hundred fifty thousand dollars in income they've got two hundred thousand dollars or four hundred thousand dollars in equity in their home they've been paying on for several years and they decide they want to be part of this great migration they want to move for some reason either i'm looking for more of a red state in a tennessee or i'm looking for more of a climate situation you know whatever it may be that's got to identify them. another source too how many older people are moving to be close to the grandchildren exactly so if the grandchildren are moving then the grandparents are coming um and you know we've always in our business here in middle tennessee we've always had what we call halfbacks and the halfbacks are people that start in the northeast they move to florida and then they realize they didn't want to live in florida because it was too hot or whatever the case may be and they made it halfway back right so they stopped in tennessee the carolinas our whole career Uh we've also had what we call equity refugees which are the classic example of people sell in California and make a million bucks, come to Nashville and buy everything they can. You know, I mean, we've always had that to a degree. Here's the difference. The difference now, Bill, is that couple we talked about in Colorado that is that you have two people making $75,000 a year, they're lower management or some kind of white-collar profession that they can work from home. They don't have to be there. They're not working at the factory. They can relocate to a different space. It may be Nashville, Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro is a really hot one. That's a great spot to be in. But they can come here, and here's what supercharged the demand. They don't have to leave their jobs. So they bring their $75,000 a year salaries with them, and they come to Tennessee with uh, 
little equity from the sale of their home that was at a higher price and they come here and they can relocate so now here's the thing you have to think about if you're in that scenario and you're coming from Colorado and you're moving here and you sell a house there and you make three hundred thousand dollars and you move here well you can buy a six hundred thousand dollar house put three hundred thousand dollars down and finance three hundred but you get to keep your higher salary your higher paying job and when you relocate so if your mortgage payment on that three hundred thousand dollars with taxes and insurance included is let's say fifteen hundred dollars if that interest rate goes up and your payment goes from fifteen hundred dollars to sixteen twenty five is that really going to change that person's behavior? And you're not paying sales, uh, not paying in the state income. You're tax. making up in right. no state income, income tax, tax what exactly. you would be in a interest rate rise. So, in my opinion, the the push that is causing the tightness in our inventory, that to to even have to have that person even say to themselves, "Gosh, I just don't know if that's going to be upward mobility or an upward move for my family to make this move." You've got to have either one of two conditions. Either one, they have to have lost one of those jobs, or two, you have to have the cost be a lateral move. And for that cost move to be lateral for those types of individuals, I don't know that that even begins to happen or begins to even be a question until the rate gets into the sixes. Do we also see the issue of uh, extending the traditional 30-year to 40-year so that the monthly payment becomes more manageable. We've certainly seen it in the automobile industry. You know, it wasn't that many years ago. You really couldn't finance a car more than three years. And now the tradition has been uh, 60 months, but now dealers are offering up to 84 months so that it's a monthly payment that becomes affordable and not the length of the uh, mortgage or the loan. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, we have had 40-year terms in during my career mm -hmm. i can only imagine now i i i actually have not ever done one they were available and so i'm imagining they were probably left over from the the high interest rate times that you spoke about sure. buy downs and two you know all these different sorts of things um it's a really great question um you know and and, and i've thought about that i would say uh i would say there's probably a, a reasonable chance that would happen because in essence people stay statistically in a home five to seven years that's been the, the norm for a couple of decades mm -hmm. that number's probably crept down now to maybe a, a three to five year period i would say would be more likely um, and so in that scenario if you stretch that note out to 40 years or however long you stretch it out it's not going to make a lot of difference because they're not really thinking they're going to collect it all that time but it does affect that note price so if you're selling a security so the way our mortgage market stays liquid is it is continually churning those those mortgage funds so when you close a mortgage and you produce that no, that note for 30 years at a certain rate that pays back interest that has a value that note can then then be sold to generate more income to then lend back out so it's this constant sort of thing so if you all of a sudden do let's say a ton of 40-year mortgages well the people you're selling those mortgages to they may say well i'm going to collect the payments on that mortgage for this many years statistically speaking and so I'm not going to collect as much interest 
I'm only going to pay you this much for it. So that's where you have to dis- ask yourself, if we look at a 40-year note, it's just like the same conversation you have with negative interest rates, that kind of thing. When you look at something like that, the question really is not whether it would help or whether it would be a function or whether it would be popular. I think most Americans would probably say, anytime I can pay less, I will. Regard They don't think all the way through the implications. Exactly. Most 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 consumers are like, okay, What's I can care less. What's it going to cost me now? <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the, question, uh, the answer to that question is going to be, does the market on the back end of that bill have an appetite for 40-year paper? If I were looking to secure a new mortgage, either on a purchase, new purchase, or a refinancing, what should I be looking at uh, at a mortgage broker? What what criteria should I be judging whether this mortgage broker is the one I want to deal with? Now, I'm I'm, I'm a little biased in that I, I prefer local. Uh, that to me, um, now there's there's going to be really three things that you're going to want to going to pay attention to, and that's going to be um, your price and you know price is obviously an issue terms um, and a proficiency so under the category of price and terms that is more evaluating the different products when it comes to the provider which was the actual question that you've got most interest rates and most fees and costs are going to be within a pretty decent range. You're not going to see anybody at 2%. You're not going to see anybody at 6%. It's all going to be within a pretty close range. So the real way to look and and evaluate that standpoint is the lender cost. So you want to look at the lender's cost. For example, we charge 975 for an underwriting fee. So you want to look at those costs. Then you also want to look at um, the ability of them to perform. Do they have the products that you need? And then ask about experience. A lot of times these days in a very competitive market, if you have a lesser experienced originator, they may miss something that, that can cause a problem down the road. Are you optimistic about the next year? Bullish completely. Great. Yeah. I, I feel just like we spoke about that the uh, things that we're faced with right now are not going to be something that's going to slow us down at all. It's going to be tight inventory um, and prices are going to stay high. So if you're a seller, the price will be good. If you're a buyer, you're still going to have some multiple offers to fight through, I think. Well, we've been very, very fortunate to have with us, and I say this both personally and professionally, one of the true experts in mortgage financing and uh, real estate uh, support and assistance, uh, Mr. Shannon Wheeler of the Premier Man- uh, Mortgage Group, uh, right here in Murfreesboro, Premier Mortgage Group. And, uh, you know, I always love to have people visiting us uh, here at WGNS who are optimistic. And we can always say there's storm clouds in the sky, but there's a rainbow to follow. Yes. And uh, so thank you so much for sharing your time, your expertise, and your enthusiasm. Uh, We wish you the very, very best. Have a high, I can't say have a high interest in the future. (laughs) Have a good interest in the future of Rutherford County. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Bill. Our pleasure. Thank you.